Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. Today is day 876 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective of today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the cultures of the authors. In order to help all of us to have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages of God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesday, reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book called, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. We hear a lot about fake news today, and it is getting to the point where it is difficult to trust any major media outlet. Certainly, the internet is also awash with all sorts of theories and opinions, many of which have little or no basis in truth. While I believe that God's Word is inspired in its original revelation, throughout the ages there have been some subtle nuances in the various translations that do affect our understanding of certain passages. None of these differences impact the major doctrines or the overriding message of salvation through Jesus Christ. As I gain better understanding of the Bible in the language and culture in which it was written, it helps me to understand how God is building His kingdom throughout the world today. In today's essay from Dr. Heiser, we want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 32 verses 8 and 9, where God explained the dividing up of the human race of the world at that time. So the title of our essay for today, Is My Bible Accurate? After the Great Flood, everyone had one language. Humanity congregated in the region of Babylonia, which is referred to as the land of Shinar. And the people started building a tower that would reach to heaven, as we are told in Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 through 9. God did stop the project by transforming the single language into many, dispersing humanity over the earth and creating the 70 nations and regions that were listed in Genesis chapter 10 from the descendants of Noah. Genesis chapter 11 verses 7 through 9 tells of the scattering of the people. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city is called Babel, because it is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In that way, he scattered them all over the world. Most people think that it ends there, but there is actually more to this story. The story picks up again in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 8 and 9. But the story is slightly different depending on the Bible version that you use. Here is the reading from the New Living Translation. When the Most High assigned lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the people, according to the number of his heavenly court. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. As a footnote, in the Dead Sea Scrolls it reads, the numbers of the Son of God, or the number in his heavenly court. And the Greek version is similar, it reads, the number of the angels of God. But the Masoretic text reads, the number of the sons of Israel. The differences is due to the ancient manuscript disagreements, which does have major theological ramifications. So we have to ask ourselves, which one is accurate? Many English Bibles have the Son of Israel or something similar because the translation is from the traditional Hebrew text of the Old Testament, and this text is known to us as the Masoretic text. 
If you understand the time period, though, how does God dividing mankind and fixing the boundaries of the people according to the number of the sons of Israel make any sense? Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8 refers back to what happened at Babel, and Israel did not even exist at that time. And if you read through the tables of nations in Genesis chapter 10, the nation of Israel does not even appear. The Sons of God is a reading in the two other older manuscripts, the Septuagint, an ancient Greek translation of the New Testament, and the Dead Sea Scrolls, a set of manuscripts discovered in the desert not too far from Jerusalem. Bible translators agree that Sons of God is the more original reading, but many English translations usually place it in the footnote of Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8, and it is not in the actual text. The English Standard Version, or the ESV, and others like the NLT place Sons of God in their translation. So we have to ask ourselves, why is there a difference? Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8 is a textbook example how later scribes sometimes change the biblical text in a misguided attempt to protect God's reputation. Other parts of Deuteronomy were also changed by the scribes, such as in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 43. When you line up the Dead Sea Scroll reading with the Masoretic text, the traditional Hebrew text, which many English translations are based upon, you can actually see that the original was altered. Notice in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, there are three poetic pairings. Since it is a poetic section, the symmetry is not only important, but it is also expected. The Masoretic text reading has removed or altered parts of two of the pairings. The first, which is Deuteronomy chapter 32, 8, which eliminates references to other divine beings as the sons of God, and Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, it eliminates heavenly ones and gods. At some point, a scribe probably thought that these references to other gods were theologically offensive. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, the first line of the final pairing was removed because it was thought that someone hating God was also offensive. God, of course, does not need to be protected by a zealous scribe or anyone else. Israel's doctrine was that Yahweh was unique and above all other divine beings, such as we read in Psalms chapter 29, verse 1, and Psalms chapter 89, verses 5 through 7. In a severe judgment, the nations of Babel were disinherited by Yahweh and given over to the administration of other little g-gods. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10 through 20 explains this, as does Deuteronomy 32, verse 8. These sons of God are also referred to as his heavenly court, and their actions would be judged by the God of Israel, as mentioned in Psalms chapter 82, verse 1 and 6. This paved the way for God to create a new people, which was Israel, and this happened in the very next chapter of Genesis, or Genesis chapter 12. Ironically, after scattering the nations in Genesis chapter 11, it was announced that it would be through Abraham's seed that these disinherited nations would be reclaimed in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Well, that will wrap up our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue with the Old Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay called The Most Horrific Bible Story. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your family and friends to join us and to come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 875 treks or read the Wisdom Journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. 
I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Google Play so that each day's truck will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.